Happy to Labor Day weekend, everybody. Good to have you with us uh, worshiping today. Uh, Krista hardly ever misses a cue. Uh, we, we put connections in the middle for the first time in years. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, Krista. I like to throw you off there. Well, uh, this past Friday, my wife and I were out and uh, got some calls from our son about the power partially being out, about half of our house being out, so we came home and tried to figure that one out, and thought, well, we'll figure it out in the morning, put some extension cords to keep alarm clocks going, and uh, we went to bed, and one of our boys said, there's something that smells like it's burning, and that's not good, <laughs> so I came out and inspected, and I said, we got to shut the whole house down until we can figure this out tomorrow. So, no power. And uh, some of us slept in the living room. I had the opportunity to sleep right by the sliding door. It's the closest thing to camping that I've experienced in a long time. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it only when the power goes out again. So, uh, we got up the next day, had an electrician come over. He fixed part of our problem, and then... We had ComEd come by, and they fixed the other part of our problem, and we're all good. But it just reminded me again, we all know that feeling, when the power goes out for an extended period of time especially, you kind of have to reorientate yourself in regards to, okay, how do I do life without power? You're still walking into rooms, flipping switches, and nothing's happening. <laughs> oh, yeah, the power is out. It's, it's just frustrating, and it helps you appreciate the power that is so readily available to us in this country. Well, friends, many of you are living in the dark spiritually because you're not taking advantage of the power that God wants to pour into your life to give you some light to figure out where you're going and what you're doing through His guidance. And it's our tendency to be independent, to want to do life on our own without God's power. And we think that, hey, if everything's going okay, I don't need to be talking with God. When really you're walking around in the dark, and we all know what that, that's like. We, Where's the flashlights? You know, I can't see a thing here. Friends, if you are living a prayerless life, if you are living just praying once a day, you are, in a sense, prayerless. Uh, if it's just like a one real quick prayer, a, a dinner prayer, you need to commit yourself to walking with Jesus, being aware of his presence, being dependent upon him. And that's what this whole series has been about, this I Pray series that we're wrapping up today. And I want to encourage you as we explore how we can pray for one another. We're, we're a disciple-making community. Therefore, we need to pray that each of us would grow to be more like Christ and to be his disciples, I would encourage you to continue to work at making prayer a regular part of your life. Well, let's quickly review where we've been. Uh, we talked about being reverent in prayer, being responsive, making requests in prayer, making yourself ready in prayer. Today, making disciples in prayer. Next Sunday, as Krista mentioned, we're going to have our annual lake back baptism. We really encourage you to Go to the meeting after this service uh, with Pastor Rich and uh, take the plunge, one might say, uh, for Jesus. It's always a wonderful time, and, and now's the time. Really think about it. 
Again, just go to the class and check it out and get your questions answered. Then we have our disciple-making series, which we're run for a couple weeks, talk about being a disciple-making community. And then our Parenting by Design series starts on uh, September 22nd, a four-week series. And if you look at this next slide, you'll see uh, uh, what we're going to be having for that. Kristen mentioned briefly that Tom Beanert uh, and Greg Specker coming in. So we see Tom Beanert in this next slide. going to be talking about elementary age parenting. That's on Friday night from 7 to 9.30. And then uh, on Saturday, we're going to have Greg Speck coming in talking about parenting teenagers. And we're going to be sending out a postcard in about a week and a half. Here's a picture of the postcard. And uh, we're going to be encouraging our whole community, 50,000 people. And I I'm so... Uh, so much anticipating what God is going to do through this. Because, friends, we're going to give you these cards, and anybody who has a kid at home, uh, you can give this card to. You're not trying to convert them. You're not trying to get them to come to our church. You're just trying to help them, right? So you can go to all your neighbors and say, hey, listen, we're having this free parenting workshop. Uh, you can come to both days or one day or whatever. It's free. Come out and, and learn. Uh, some skills. Uh, parents always are looking for new skills. And so uh, I would encourage you to really start praying right now about who you'll be inviting, praying over uh, this postcard that will go out. Now, we'll also be advertising our series parental guidance. But uh, the key thing we want to get out there is these parenting workshops and a great opportunity, of course, to invite people uh, to our campus. Well, Let's go back and review, again, the 4-4 uh, prayer pattern. Uh, so why don't you all stand up for a moment, okay? And we're going to talk about uh, the four different aspects of the Lord's Prayer that we've been reviewing and going through for the last four weeks. So we talk about showing uh, reverence to God, and then our response to God, and then our request, that is, and then our readiness. So we go reverence. Response, request, readiness. Reverence, response, request, readiness. Very good. You may be seated. And that's the whole idea of how we're trying to train you in approaching God on a daily basis. We've talked a lot about the 2959 plan. You'll see it here, uh, the 2959 plan. And uh, how many have picked one of those up, the 2959? All right, great. Well, again, only $10, all part of our HeartStrong initiative in helping you to love God one-on-one. -on -one. In fact, I would encourage you, uh, if you haven't already, to rip off a communication slip, as Chris had talked about, and fill out the information uh, there. And also, uh, if you're using the 2959 plan, I want you to write 2959 somewhere, okay? Uh, somewhere say on the front side, right, 2959, because I'd like to put an email distribution list together. Uh, so occasionally I can send an email out to those people who are using that, just encouragement, tips. Uh, I, I want your feedback in terms of what you're not understanding and things that you're learning and so that we can continue to integrate this in to our body. This is a, a key discipleship tool that we're going to be using in the future so we want your feedback. This doesn't make sense, or this is helpful. I was talking with someone before the service, and they said it's so hard to write out a prayer. I'm not, just not sure what to say. 
Well, that's a good thing because that's a growing process. Many times we just do the, our prayer time the same, ta- same way all the time. Well, when you're forced to write something out, you really have to think about it. So I encourage this person to take a passage of Scripture. You don't have to write out sentences, but just write down ideas of what you learn from the Scripture. Remember the questions, who is God, how should I respond, what do I need to pray for, and how should I ready myself uh, for the day. And so I just want to encourage you to continue to do that. Please write 2959 so I can put you on an email list and communicate with you and uh, I really want to continue to learn how to help encourage you uh, in that way. Now, let's uh, review. Last week we talked about the armor of God, the armor of God. So why don't you stand up again and I will take you through uh, the paces. If you weren't here, you don't have to worry about it. You can just watch everybody. <laughs> but again, the armor of God is what we want to put on every day. It's a spiritual uh, armor that protects us uh, from Satan. So we have the helmet of salvation, and then we have the breastplate of righteousness, and then we have the belt of truth, and then we have the shoes of the gospel, and then we have the sword of the spirit. Now, I changed it between services, so sorry to throw you guys off. This is the sword of the spirit, like you have a sword there, excuse me, the, uh, so <laughs> the, <laughs> the shield of faith, excuse me, the shield of faith, I didn't change the name of it. The shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and finally, the hands of prayer. Let's do that again. We've got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel, or the gospel shoes, and then we have the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, and the hands of prayer. You may be seated. Thank you. The idea is to pray that, uh, preferably, on a daily basis. To put that in your 2959 plan and just pray it every day. Uh, because, again, we need to put on our uniform every day and protecting us uh, from uh, Satan. Now, let's kick into today. Uh, we're going to be talking about disciple-making prayer, praying for other people. And, in fact, we're going to look back just briefly at Ephesians 6.18, which is the hands of prayer, part of the armor of God. It says they're praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So how are we to pray? We're to pray at all times in the Spirit. The Spirit is praying for us. The Spirit is empowering us to pray. So at all times, as we go throughout the day to be in the Spirit of prayer, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert. And you continue to see that. Keep on watch. Keep alert. That's talking about being uh, careful about uh, Satan and being aware of his tactics. With all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So we're to pray for all the saints. Well, who are the saints? Well, if you grew up in a certain type of church, it's not the saints you're thinking of. (laughs) We're all saints once we come to Christ. We are made righteous by him, God sees us as pure and as saints. So if you're a Christ follower, you are a saint today. So if you're a part of this church family, you have a responsibility to pray for other people in this church family. That's part of your responsibility on a regular basis. You should be praying for each other, hopefully, as people are praying for you. And small groups is one of the best ways 
to get to know where people are at and what they need. And so, again, as we move toward the fall, get engaged in a small group because the prayer support that you receive is so critical to help you to continue to grow strong as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, in order to talk about the importance of praying for one another, I want to take a look at an Old Testament story found in Exodus chapter 17. So open up your Bibles and turn there. I encourage you to bring your sword with you. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 16, the story of the Israelites and the Amalekites. Verse 8, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Now, who were the Amalekites? Well, they were descendants of Esau. Remember Isaac and Esau and how Isaac tricked Esau and stole the birthright. And Esau, of course, went away. Well, again, every sin has its consequences. So uh, a, a family, a nation grew out of Esau, and they became the Amalekites, and they came to be a curse upon the Israelites. Now, in this context, uh, we see the Israelites out in the wilderness. They had left Egypt. Uh, they'd been a long time in the wilderness at this particular uh, point. Uh, they had decided, we're not going to the promised land. We're not taking those giants on. God had provided for them in so many different ways through the plagues and being freed from Egypt and manna and quail, providing for their physical needs. But this was a, a new ball game. They were going into battle, and these guys... All they knew how to do was make bricks. And the Amalekites, they were warriors of many, many years. They had a very sophisticated army, and uh, they, they, they rode camels. <laughs> you know, they usually associate camels with warfare, but uh, they used camels in their warfare. And they were a very, very mighty uh, force to be uh, dealt with, and uh, the Israelites were up against the wall. It really was an impossible situation. You have these peasants, now there's a lot of them, two million of them, but at the same time, they were not ready for warfare. And back in that day, it was really close at hand. What they would do is they would line up against each other and just outside of that range of spears and, and uh, other types of weapons, uh, slingshots that they could, uh, again, uh, go after each other, and then they would just go after each other in that way and... And the Israelites, well, this is going to be a slaughter. This is going to be a slaughter if you looked at it just from a worldly viewpoint. But, of course, God had a plan. God had a plan to deliver them. Verse 9, so Moses said to Joshua, Joshua was his general, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So, let's take a look at another way to uh, approach this verse. Uh, we see that there's our faith and God's power. First of all, our faith. Choose for us men and go out and fight with that Amalek. Choose for us men. So that, that's our faith. Uh, we always need to take action if we want God to work in our lives. And then we see God's power Tomorrow, Moses says, I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. We're very familiar with Moses' staff. It was just an ordinary staff until he came to the burning bush, right? And then God made it into a power tool. <laughs> he made it into a snake. Uh, the power of God came on that staff and 
Moses used that staff to inflict plagues upon Egypt. Moses used that staff to part the Red Sea. Moses used that staff to strike the rock twice so that water would come forth from the ground in order to satiate the Israelites. This is a powerful staff that he had and says, I'm going up on the hill. Now, it doesn't say that he prayed, but just the fact that he was holding up the staff was that he was depending upon God for the victory in this battle. But again, in order for this victory to take place, Joseph had to take his Israelite warriors out into the field. And that's just the way God works. He always expects faith first. He, he expects us to take that first step of dependence upon him to get on the battlefield, to take whatever action we need to take before he is going to deliver the power to us as we pray for that supernatural power in whatever type of situation we need. Let's say that you're struggling with an addiction in your life. It might be a drug addiction, food addiction. It might be a porn addiction. Let's say you're struggling with a pornography addiction. Unfortunately, it's very common uh, these days with the advent of the Internet and computers and those type of things. And, uh, so what do you do? Well, first you pray. Say, Lord, I want to turn from this sin. I no longer want this to be a part of my life. So you pray for God's power, but then you need to take action. You need to be courageous. You need to tell somebody. If you have an addiction to porn, you've got to tell somebody because you're not going to be able to overcome it on your own. You've got to find somebody that you trust. You find a small group leader. You come to a pastor, whatever. Find somebody that God leads you to and say, I'm struggling with this. And nobody's going to be surprised <laughs> with this particular type uh, of addiction. And they're, they're going to say, hey, there, there's all kinds of resources out there. I want to walk with you through this. There's programs like Covenant Eyes where you can uh, see everything that that person's seen or get a log and keep them accountable in that way. But you've got to, you've got to take that first step before God delivers the power. You've got to say, God, I'm going to do whatever I can to deal with this addiction, and then I'm going to expect you to deliver that continuous power to, to get on the road to recovery. So that's what we're talking about here. Is that first of all, we need to take that step of faith. And, and Joshua took that step of faith. He went down and he went onto the battlefield with his warriors. But at the same time, Moses was holding this staff up, showing dependence upon God. Verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek when, uh, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And we go on to verse 11. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. While Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So here we see a picture, an artist's rendition. Uh, of what uh, might have been the case here. We have Moses and we have Aaron, his brother, and the high priest, and we have uh, uh, her. We don't know a lot about her, but that he was one of the leaders. So 
Let's, let's just raise your hands here for a second, okay? Just like Moses was asked to do. He has a staff in one hand. All right. Keep those hands up. And let's just see who can go the longest. Good job. All right. You can put your hands down. You know, that takes some energy, right? Yeah. yeah especially people with shoulder issues. <laughs> to keep those hands up. And Moses is up there, and I can imagine early in the morning, yeah, go. You know, and, and at some point, he must have realized that there was a correlation between him holding that staff up and what was happening on the battlefield. We're not told that God told him there was a relationship, so we assume that he just had to figure it out, that when that staff was up, they were taking ground. The Israelites were moving forward, and when the staff went down, well, then the advantage went uh, to the Amalekites. And so, of course, when he realized that, they were even higher. But what happened? He became weary. He became weary. And we all know that if we keep our hands up like this, we're eventually going to become weary. We just cannot do this on a continuous basis over a long period of time. And that's the nature of prayer. That's one thing we haven't really talked about during this series is that prayer is hard work. It does not come easily. Sometimes people might say, well, I, I'm praying, but nothing's happening, and it doesn't seem to be working. I'm becoming discouraged. Well, that's pretty much a normal experience. Is prayer is hard work. There's a lot of easy things we can do in life. My son Brian celebrated his 23rd birthday on Monday on we did something that was very easy. We went to Famous Days. There's nothing hard about going to Famous Days. Nothing hard about it at all. You walk in, and they serve you. Uh, they bring you this unbelievable food that you savor and enjoy. I mean, that's easy. It's easy to go to Famous Days. Uh, it's easy to watch TV. A lot of people, anybody watch Duck Dynasty? Okay, all right. Well, I, I have never seen an episode. And I said, i got to watch Duck Dynasty. So I watched it for the first time this past week. They are talking about this one guy trying to get a date, and I was bored to death. Now, I realize it's because I don't know the characters and all the backstory and things of that nature. So could somebody come up to me and tell me why it's so appealing? And I'd love to maybe watch it again or give me a particular episode to watch. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's face it, watching TV is very easy. That's why so many people do it, right? You just sit there, and you watch, and you're entertained. Probably the most difficult thing about watching TV is finding something to watch. That's very frustrating. But once you find what you want to watch, it's kind of, you know, that's very easy to do. You know what the easiest thing to do? To sleep. Some of you are falling asleep right now. <laughs> it comes so naturally. And that's why... People who are depressed sleep a lot because it is the easiest thing to do. Now, for some of you who struggle with sleep issues, I'm sorry about that. But for most of us, sleep comes pretty naturally. But I tell you what, prayer is not easy. And if you're expecting it to be easy, you're going to be disappointed. You need to approach prayer as being work, as being something you need to commit yourself to, asking power to give you the 
discipline to do it on a regular basis. And you will not be disappointed if you say, okay, prayer is going to be work. I'm going to do this through the power of God, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to you know, feel the rush of the Holy Spirit all the time. I'm not going to feel like I'm lifted up and just carried out throughout the day. I mean, that does happen. But don't expect it. Just say, I'm doing what I'm told to do, and I know I want to depend upon God, so I am going to pray. But don't expect the angels to start singing. Uh, that's all bonus stuff. You just have to realize prayer is hard work. It's hard to do. Why is prayer a struggle? Well, there's a lot of reasons why prayer is a struggle. Let's look up at the screen here. Uh, we don't know how to pray. There's so few models of people praying. That's why, again, small groups are so important. What I found in ministry is that most people learn to truly pray when they become part of a small group. Why? Because they're listening to other people pray. And eventually they get the courage to pray themselves. That's very difficult to pray out loud for many people. But again, when you're part of a small group, uh, that is where you see other people praying and you figure out what prayer is all about. We can't see who we're talking to. That, that, that's a challenge. Little immediate feedback. We have to wait on our request. We have to wait on God. It's so hard to wait and to continue to come back time after time and pray the same request. We're tired, bored, lazy, sleepy. <laughs> we wonder whether prayer works. I mean, we don't see anything happening. So I keep doing it if uh, nothing's happening. We have to express faith, and that's hard to do. Express faith in God, and our mind wanders and wanders and wanders. So, friends, when you get into prayer and say, I don't know how to do this. My mind keeps wandering. I'm tired. I'm bored. I'm lazy. I'm sleepy. Hey, you're average. You're there, man. <laughs> you, know? you just got to keep doing it and continue to learn from other people and practice and practice and practice and practice. And I know I, I love to pray. Uh, I, I mean, once you become mature in prayer, uh, it just comes like second nature because you have such a close relationship with God, but it does not come overnight. It's something that needs uh, to be developed. And that's why uh, we have our memory verse here for uh, September. Uh, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. We talked about this uh, in our series uh, about uh, the fact that you just need to keep knocking like the neighbor who needed some bread. He just kept knocking and knocking. We need to continue to commit ourselves to the discipline of prayer. Now, last week I introduced Memlock to you, a new discipleship tool we're using here in our ministry. And here you'll see the particular picture of uh, uh, how to uh, memorize this verse in Memlock, which is a computer software. And it says, ask and will be given to you. And it's by association with a picture. So we have a, a mouth with a question mark. Ask. Usually the toughest part of memorizing a verse is that first word. How does it start? Okay, And once you have it memorized and you know what the first word is or the concept behind it, it can help you. So let me just briefly go through this. For those who weren't here last week, uh, we have the Memlock uh, Bible Memory Software System. In the next slide, you'll see some of the different uh, images uh, that help you associate different pictures. Uh, with different verses. And then in the next slide, you'll see uh, the review system. It's very easy to use, very easy to use. And again, it's so nice because you pick the verses you want to memorize, like you would pick this particular verse. Uh, again, uh, Luke uh, 11, 9. 
Yeah, Luke 11, 9. And uh, then it just continues to have you review it over and over and over and over again. Uh, but it works. So we would love to have you uh, purchase this software. Uh, you can go to memlock.com, put in this discount code for our church. It's $14.95. Uh, the discount code brings it down to $9.95. And then if you go to the cafe and say, I bought Memlock, uh, they'll give you another $5. So you get it for $4.95. Uh, so you have some ownership in it. But we want to use this as a discipleship tool among our whole church, our small group, or disciple-making community. Scripture memory meditation is so important. Uh, so again, if you have bought Memlock, or intend to, again, take out your communication card and on the front write Memlock on it because I'd like to create another distribution list because I'd like to encourage you in that way. I send you occasional emails or maybe new cards that you can add to your system. So, again, write that down, Memlock, and uh, we'll put you on a distribution list so we can encourage you in that way. It is a great memory system, the best one I've found, and I've looked at a lot of them. All right, well, let's continue on here with the story. you got... Moses holding up the staff, and uh, finally there's victory, Exodus 17:13. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with uh, the sword. And why? Because God delivered. And then Moses in Exodus chapter 17, 14 through 16 says, And the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven, and Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation uh, to generation. So the point here is that he put together a memorial, basically a, just a, <laughs> a uh, hill of stones. Uh, he piled up the stones, and, and that was a memorial. So that as people pass by there, they would remember what happened there, what God had did. And as I've talked many times before, I encourage you always to write down when God answers prayer in your life. Because there will be times when your life is so dry spiritually, maybe that's the case right now, you don't feel God's doing anything. It's so important that you have a record of what God has done in your life. And that's, again, one of the beauties of the 2959 plan is that you can write that stuff down and you can keep it in the back of this particular uh, binder and when you get discouraged and say God isn't doing anything you can flip back there and you can say oh yeah he did that oh yeah he did that and you can be encouraged that maybe he's not going to do something right away but he is a God who delivers what you need we need to remember as Moses did that the Lord is our banner, that He is our Savior. We look at Colossians 4, 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Again, it's the idea of devotion. Devote. Again, you've got to say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it a part of my life, no matter whether I feel like it or not, which really is the nature of most of our commitments in life, whether it be work, whether it be family. We stay committed to them. We do what we need to do, no matter how power feeling because it's important to do and every time you pray you're saying god i'm dependent upon you i'm dependent upon you i'm leaning upon you colossians 1 9 for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you and asking god to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding 
So what's Paul saying? We've not stopped praying for you. Friends, we need each other's prayers. As a pastor, I'm blessed. Uh, sometimes people will come up to me and say, I pray for you on a daily basis. And I go, wow, you know, I mean, what incredible prayer support I have as a pastor. And, and again, I just, I want that for everyone. And that's why small groups are so important, because you have a group of people that are committed to praying uh, for you. Uh, but prayer for one another, if we're really going to help each other to become stronger disciples in Christ, we need to pray for one another. And again, that's the reason behind this uh, particular tool, is that it helps you to develop a strong system of prayer. If you have a tool like this or something similar to it, I believe that it helps in motivation. You've got a daily tab of things you want to pray for on a daily basis, and then maybe things you want to pray for on a weekly basis. On Sunday, you pray for certain things. On Monday, on Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. And I tell you, if I don't have it written down, what I find is I just pray about myself, I pray about my family and some close friends, but I many times forget other people's requests because they don't come quickly to mind. And that's why we have our prayer team, and every time you write out a prayer request here in our church on our communication card that goes on a list, it goes to a select group of people that are our prayer team, and they pray for it. I mean, we have a prayer team that is committed to prayer. So you know when you write down that prayer request, they're going to pray for it. Well, you need to, be this, you need to do the same thing for other people in your life. When you're in a meeting, a small group, or some other type of meeting, people are giving prayer requests, and you would be writing those things down, putting them part of this system or some other system that you have, so you can remember to pray for the saints. There's nothing more effective than you can do than pray for one another. Now, if I came up to you and said, I tell you what, I can do one or two things for you. I can pray for you for the next year every day. And you can email me your prayer requests. And every day I'm going to spend some time praying for you or I can give you $1,000 right now, hard cash. Now, which one are you going to take? Think about that. You take the cash? I think, honestly, like a lot of us would take the cash. <laughs> $1,000 wouldn't be bad. Uh, a lot of things I could do with $1,000. I mean, prayer, yeah, whatever. I can get other people to pray. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But really, when it comes right down to it, how much do you believe in the power of prayer and how it can impact your life and how it can impact the life of your family and of your friends and of other people who need your prayers? If you're quick to take the $1,000, that means you don't believe much in it. But if you say, well, I'd much rather have prayer every day for a year, well, that shows that you do have a sense of prayer. I'm just trying to draw a contrast here to get us thinking about how important and valuable is your prayer. In fact, on your green sheet, on your message notes, if you could take those out at this time, if you haven't already, uh, I just have a simple prayer list on the back here, okay? So if you don't have a prayer list, this is your prayer list, okay? If you got nothing written down to pray uh, for uh, individuals and for people in your life on a daily basis, I'm giving it to you. Your prayer list starts today. And again, obviously, this is just a way to get you started. Uh, prayers for your personal life, prayer for your family, prayer for, prayer for your friends. 
your church ministry, whatever particular area you're involved here at uh, at Springbrook, and then just general prayers for the Springbrook uh, ministry. But again, take this, put this in your Bible until you either buy the 2959 plan or you develop some other type of mature uh, prayer list, uh, something that's more permanent than just this a green sheet of paper. But friends, I talk to so many people and they say, I, I, majority of people I talk to, I don't have a prayer list. Okay, well, friends, there, there's nothing magic about a prayer list, <laughs> uh, but it does help you remember. And that's what God is telling them, devote yourselves to prayer. Where if I'm going to work on my prayer life, if I'm really going to pray for people in my small group, for other people that God has brought into my life, yeah, I don't know about you, unless you have this brilliant memory where you can just, you know, read things in your head, yeah, you've got to write it down. You've got to remember it. And then you need to revisit it on a regular basis, and there are all kinds of ways to do that. But start with something. We need each other's prayer. prayer. We need somebody who is holding up that staff for us. We need somebody who's lifting us up in prayer because we're in the midst of a battle and if we are going to live the life of walking with Jesus Christ and experiencing him on a daily basis and uh, experiencing life as he desired growing in him we need to be prayed for and we need to pray uh, for other people let us pray together dear Lord I want to thank you for this wonderful story about Moses and how it reminds us of uh, the fact that we just need to be diligent in prayer. We need to be disciplined. It doesn't matter how we're feeling. We need to do it because it shows dependence upon you. I pray that you would give us a greater burden for those around us. As we go throughout this week and as, as we hear different stories, we just take a moment to pray for that person that we would just be sensitive to people's needs. We would stop with people, and after they've shared a burden with us, pray with them. Encourage them in prayer. Help us to spur one another on uh, toward love and good deeds uh, through prayer. In Christ's name, amen.